0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: From the field to the film room to the war room, we've got you covered every step of the way as the Road to the Draft starts right now. On BGN Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the BGN Draft Show. I am your host, Shane Half. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at Shane Half NFL. I'm joined today by my co host and fellow draft enthusiast, Dives. Give him a follow on Twitter at Mr. Crockpot. Be sure to check out his podcast, Party on Broad Dives. How are you doing today?
0: Doing well, man. It was a fun week of college football yet again. Texas rising to the occasion. Quinn viewers delivering in a huge moment the pac 12 the pac 12 with a handful of teams that look outstanding it, it was a lot of fun
1: all right yeah i'm also joined by my co-host on chalk talk who is nodding along here it is mark henry jr give him a follow on twitter at mark henry jr underscore be sure to check out his tough cover radio show every saturday mark
2: how are you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well it was a fun week too I'm already kind of looking ahead to week four, like week three is, uh, not, it's, there's some fun games on there and we're going to preview a lot of them, but we were arguing about which one to do as the, as the preview of the week. Cause there's a lot kind of on the same level week four, you go ahead and look and you know, it's Ohio state, Notre Dame, Penn state, Iowa, Colorado, Oregon. And then a couple that, that I don't even, Florida state Clemson. There There are so many fun matchups in week four, but let's let's do week three first,
0: yeah, it, USC, it's so U, usC versus Colorado is on the horizon that that it, might be game of the year
2: that's the week after Oregon, Colorado, right
0: yeah,
2: yeah Oregon might I think probably will be favored to ruin that party is <laughs> yeah. what I'd say, so Oregon, Colorado will be the biggest game of the year at that point, I think next week, but Ohio State and Notre Dame's huge as well.
1: It's so weird to me to be talking about college football during an NFL season. Uh, First time I've ever done a college football podcast. I get big into the draft, but it's always after the Super Bowl every year, going back and doing scouting. So uh, this is a new experience for me. I'm about to, after this show, go record a Chalk Talk with Mark, where we're going to break down every game from the week one NFL slate. And I'm geared up for that. It feels weird to shift gears here uh, and, and talk college, but let's dive into it. And so... As we do each week, we're going to give you guys an Eagles prospect profile. We're going to give you a player of the week prediction. Mark's going to give us a lock of the week, and we will talk about a game of the week. But before we do that, let's recap our player of the week selections. Last week, Dives took wide receiver Xavier Worthy from Texas, who had five receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown. He also had a carry for three yards as Texas knocked off Alabama. Mark took cornerback slash wide receiver travis hunter out of california or colorado excuse me who had three receptions for 73 yards he also had four tackles and one pass breakup i took quarterback bo nicks out of oregon who was 32 of 44 passing for 359 yards and two touchdowns he also had nine carries for 46 yards now we are tracking the results of these with the scoring system throughout the week but we kind of decided before we went on air here that We're just going to call this week a wash worthy with 75 yards and a touchdown Uh, Hunter, no touchdown, but he plays both ways. had 73 yards and Bo Nix is a quarterback. So he gets the inflated QB stats. We're going to call it a wash and give ourselves all a tie for this week. Everybody feel good with that. All right. So we're going to move on now to our first real segment of the show. We're going to talk Eagles targets of the week. All right, top Eagles targets of the week. Some guys that you can keep an eye on if you're watching college football this weekend. Dives, why don't you lead us off? Who's the future Eagle you're keeping an eye
0: on this week? Yeah, um, when I did my preseason safety rankings, admittedly this guy wasn't on that ranking. Uh, I'm going with Tyler Newbin, a safety prospect out of Minnesota that has been flat out dominant uh, so far in 2023, he was a former high school wide receiver, cornerback. And my God, does a show on tape. Super uh, athlete, uh, st- extremely fluid in his movements, uh, pedal range. He's a center fielder back there. Um, he didn't move to full-time safety until his second year at Minnesota. Um, but this is a, a guy that has some of the best ability to anticipate and read a quarterback in the entire class. Uh, the safety class in 2024 is low key underrated. Like James Williams, Cameron Kinchins, uh, it goes on and on. And Tyler Newbin's one of them that I think could be a day two guy, day three guy uh, on the Eagles' radar. He has really good size, six foot two, 209 pounds. Uh, so far through this season, he's got two interceptions through two games. And this week, he's going up against Drake May. Uh, who threw two picks last week. Uh, So Tyler Noob is definitely a guy uh, to watch out for uh, and could potentially spoil that magical UNC run in 2023. Every time I see or
1: hear Minnesota, I always go back to, and this goes way back, but there used to be a YouTuber named Mr. Hurricane that did NCAA Football Dynasties, and He he always used Minnesota for his team, and I remember like way back before we all had unlimited data. I would go like download like a dozen of his dynasty videos onto my phone before like we'd take a long car trip so I could watch him. Uh, So you say Minnesota? I go back to the good old days of NCAA fourteen.
2: Probably about nine months away from being able to do that again in college football.
1: Yeah. We're 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 definitely going to have to make a series uh,
2: about that when it happens. Yeah, for sure. No, but that's a, made a great point. He's going to get tested this week um, with Drake may and with UNC's offense. Uh, UNC doesn't feel the same way that they felt after week one against South Carolina app state really gave them a lot of trouble. The defense that everyone was praising after week one didn't look as good, but that offense still looked really good. So there's still very much a test for Minnesota. Newbin will, for sure be a factor in that game.
1: All right. So Tyler Newbin safety out of Minnesota. If you're watching that game this weekend, Mark, who is your Eagles target?
2: I've got edge Braille and choice from Washington. Um, and this was a guy, I think he was on two of our preseason lists. Um, yeah. And I wanted to, I, I kind of tossed around on which person to, to use here. And I wanted to do Braille and choice. Cause it's a little bit of a theme you'll see with my player of the week um, in terms of the school. So I, this is a, a matchup with Washington versus Michigan State that there's a lot of players to watch for from Washington. You don't think a ton of first-round talent usually when you think about the Washington Huskies, unless you're talking about Markel Fultz and Matisse Thibel. But when it, <laughs> this year, you got Michael Penix might be a first-rounder, right, Dives? I've seen that talk. Oh, you have – Roma Dunze, you you have Braylon Trice, uh, all these guys very much in the top 20, if not first round mix. So uh, I think Braylon Trice is a guy who's going to be really interesting because he was a three star recruit coming out of high school, a bit of a late, late bloomer didn't play right away. You wouldn't confuse him with, you know, some freak athlete, like a Nolan Smith in terms of his bendability and speed. But man, is he strong and he just moves people. And he can play against the run and he can rush the passer. And did I say he was strong? Because man, he's strong. I mean, that's like the main, that's the main thing that, that's easy to talk about. High motor. It feels like he really does, it kind of just does not quit throughout the play. Um, so the concern is just the athleticism. Like, are you gonna invest on a guy who isn't an a full elite athlete? And maybe the combine comes around. And maybe he's a better athlete than I'm giving credit for. That happens all the time. Um, but I do think that's going to end up being a concern. But I do think there's some, there's some things that a lot of teams will like. Like I know a Kansas City Chiefs, they, they'll go after a George Karloftis or a Felix Anaduke Uzoma, who may not necessarily be the freakish, most freakish athlete, but have production at the college level. Braylon Trice had 10 sacks last year. Um, doesn't have a sack yet this year. But my prediction on this show, he'll have sacks in this game against Michigan State. Michigan State is a train wreck. Um, I, they haven't shown it yet through two weeks, but Mel Tucker getting fired. And we'll talk a little bit more about it when I get to my player of the week. But I expect this to be show up and show out for the Washington Stars. All right. And that brings us to
1: my player of the week prediction. Or Excuse me, my Eagles target. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, It's Jason Marshall Jr., the cornerback out of Florida. Uh, He was a four-star recruit, according to some services, a five-star recruit, according to others. So I'm calling him a -a four-and-a-half-star recruit. I don't even know if that's a thing, but we're making it up here. Um, 6'1", 198 pounds. Uh, He played 634 snaps as a freshman in 2021 and a lot of passer rating when targeted of 59.8. In 2022, he played 618 snaps and a lot of 74.7 rating. His strength, he's really good in zone coverage. He's got really good eyes. He's good at reading the quarterback with eyes in the backfield. Uh, He reads routes and anticipates well. Uh, He also excels up the sideline at the boundary at pushing receivers to the sideline, using that as an extra defender. Uh, He's very physical in press coverage. So if this is a guy you want to get up on the line of scrimmage and press, to play in zone uh I think he's he could be a good target for you now when we talk about weaknesses with cornerbacks uh guys what am I going to say the biggest weakness is grabby he's grabby it's too grabby downfield we talked about it in the BGN draft shows leading up to the draft like for every cornerback I listed that every single one of them grabs on too much and he does too he's no no exception uh He's sluggish in his transitions, particularly when he's playing off coverage, moving from like that backpedal to a turn and run. So I don't think you want to take this guy in an off-man scheme, a cover three scheme. But if you're going to play cover two, cover four, uh, press man sort of scheme, he could be a good fit for you. I think right now he's probably in like the day two range. Is that kind of jive with what you've seen, Dives?
0: Absolutely. Um, I think, though, it's important to know, like you mentioned it, um, this, this is a tools guy. And I think definitely, it just takes one team to fall in love with, this, fall in love with this guy during the combine and, and rise up that board, um, because his measurables, his testing numbers will probably be extremely good.
1: All
2: right, Mark. Anything you want to add on Jason Marshall Jr.? You said he's grabby. He learned from the from Kyer Elam, the That's ultimate true. grabby corner prospect ever. So, um, yeah. yeah, they probably did have some overlap there with Elam.
1: I don't know. J.C. Horn is the grabbiest corner, college corner I've ever watched film on.
2: I thought Elam was. I always say that about Elam. Porter's Joey Porter Jr. was pretty grabby, too, to, to be quite honest. <laughs>
1: yeah, they all are. So Yeah. All right. So those are our Eagles pro, prospect profiles. Guys, you can watch this weekend uh, throughout the season. We'll give you guys a lot of names. You can be familiar with the names well in advance of, of full on draft scouting season. And so now we're gonna turn our attention to our player of the week predictions.
0: All
1: right, our player of the week segment dives i'm gonna let you lead us off here tell us who your player of the week
0: is uh sorry mark uh this one's for you uh but i, I don't know maybe you were gonna go this direction i have no idea but i'm going audric Estime, uh, a running back out of notre dame man i, I freaking love the running back class in, in the 2024 draft man uh trevion henderson blake coram will shipley braylon allen donovan edwards bucky irving uh raheem sanders rocket sanders there's another guy that that is, like, climbing up the draft boards, and it is Audric Esme, 5'11", 225 pounds, just a bowling ball. He has the frame, the mass, the leg turn to really be a uh, you know a chain mover at the NFL level. Uh, he's been just absolutely dominant uh, so far in 2023. I think he's got day two potential. Just an elite physical presence in the backfield, man. Um, you look at this guy, he's only 20 years old, uh, through three games, estimates averaging a ridiculous eight yards per carry with four touchdowns and nearly 400 yards. Um, and every time I watch Notre Dame, and I've watched him uh a couple t- a few times already. Uh, th- yeah, I think I watched every game. And um, you know, you've got the Joe Alts you've got the Benjamin Morrisons, the elite, you know blue chippers, I think this guy might be like their next best prospect. I don't know. Like every time he always kind of grabs my attention. So Audric Estime is definitely one to watch out for. Day two, day three prospect. He's going to struggle being in that mix of all the really deep running backs in this class if he declares. Maybe he returns. Um, But Audric Estime is one to watch, man. Uh, I I think he's going to have a really big game uh again so give me audric Estime. in a
1: different year i feel like you could have given the exact same scouting report about kyron williams mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like that's who's on my mind who by the way had a good game on sunday but mark and i'll talk about that here in a few minutes on a different he show but... Ky-
2: kyron's a little tinier like kyron was like 5'8 ish if i'm not yeah. mistaken probably more in like the 185 range like Estimate will run you over, like yeah. I mean, I don't even want to get to like some comparisons because it's so offensive to th- throw certain names about guys who are going to get drafted where Estime is probably going to get drafted. But at the college level, I mean, he's basically the Derrick Henry. Like that's <laughs> how that's how he runs at the college level, and it's not like this is a guy who obviously like he's rushing for eight yards per carry right now. He didn't do that before, but he rushed for six last year like he he was 6 yards per carry last year um and, and he rushed for 920 yards and 11 touchdowns had a receiving touchdown last year had a 46 yard rushing touchdown like he had a lot of success last year he's a guy who I kind of fell in love with right away last season and I never thought he'd be the full on feature back I guess uh but here he is and he's the full on feature back and I I love it and it's definitely been you know something that's leveled this offense up because coming into the year you, you had Sam Hartman oh you know you have a stud at quarterback and then you have a couple of guys at running back and we'll see what happens and estimate will probably get the bulk of the carries but you didn't really have anything to be that excited about outside of Hartman and now estimate looks like he's probably more exciting on a week-to-week base, basis than Hartman is
0: and he, I think he's an underrated pass protector too um, yes which- like Nick Sirianni, I'm sure would love him. so. I, yeah,
2: he's big enough to handle himself. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, Mark, that brings you up. Uh, tell me who your player of the week is. And before you do, let me remind you: I said player of the week, not game of the week.
2: So <laughs> <we're> there. <laughs> but tell me who your player of the week is. I'm, you know, I, I'm biased to juniors, uh, as Mark Henry jr. Um, I, I'm biased to juniors everywhere. So I'll go to Michael Penix jr. From Washington. Um, the transfer portal and the era of NIL has trained, has changed a lot of things, uh, about college football. And, you know, it's caused a lot of funny scenarios, like guys playing for a million years and, Um, it's also caused a lot of bad scenarios, like guys kind of bouncing around and never finding a home. And there's a lot of crotchety old men who would argue that it's the worst thing to happen to college football. And it's hurt a lot of young men and they would go on and on about it. If you wanted to shine, show like a shining example of how the transfer portal can work for someone. It's Michael Penix jr. Um, he was at Indiana and he had some notoriety at Indiana. He had an eight and five season in 2019, and then in 2020, Indiana had their most successful season in a long time. They beat Penn State. They might have beat Michigan that year. Um, they had a great year in 2020. They went six and two. It was a shortened year, but they got to a very good bowl game for Indiana. Um, and then he stunk in 2021. And people kind of threw Michael Penix in the trash. Like Indiana at, in 21 in, in 2021 went two and ten. A year after going six and two, he got benched halfway through the year for someone who stinks anyway uh and he transferred to washington in 2022 and no one talked about it there's there's always these big transfer portal names like we just mentioned sam hartman to notre dame and you know there's always big moving names the last couple of years when michael Penix transferred to washington no one cared no one uttered a word and all he did was have you know similar numbers to caleb williams last year where he had 65 uh, percent percentage in terms of completion percentage, 4,700 passing yards, over 8.5 yards per attempt, 31 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, made it happen on, on the ground a little bit. Um, he has definitely the athleticism to move around in the pocket. Um, but this is his sixth year, and he's putting up even better numbers now. Um, obviously, it, it being his sixth year is a negative when it comes to the NFL, but how high did Hendon Hooker go? He, went, he ended up going in the second round, right? Was he second? Um, yeah, I think he was. I
1: think it was second round.
2: Yeah, I thought it was the second round. For, it might have been third. It, it might have been the third. It, but Penix is putting up better numbers over a longer period of time than Hooker did. Hooker only really had the one year. Um, and I don't think Penix, I know he has a Dunze, but he doesn't have two elite targets in the way that Hendon Hooker did. He's got a little bit more athleticism than Hooker did. So um, I, I think Penix is a really interesting prospect at the next level. But when it comes to this week, He is going to ball out against Michigan State and their bad defense. Mel Tucker, their head coach, just got fired um, for, you know, I won't get too far into it, but some pretty horrible allegations against Mel Tucker. He seems like a creep. Um, And Michigan State's reeling as a program. I mean, there's a lot of guys who committed because of him, and he's gone now, and we've seen this time and time again, that these teams collapse when this happens, this type of thing. We've seen it with Northwestern already this year. Um, coming off the Pat Fitzgerald allegations. So uh, I expect Washington to hang a big number. I mean, the, the I I, know, I believe the spread opened at Washington minus 13 and a half. I think it's all the way up to 17 now, and I expect it to keep rising. I don't know where the Spartan money is going to come from. I'll still be on Washington because I think you look at the first-round talent that Washington has. I was low on Michigan State coming into the year with Mel Tucker. And I think all this adversity just is another reason to be lower. Like I liked Washington at 13 and a half and a couple of points don't sway me with everything that's going on in terms of Michigan state. So Michael Penn, that's not my lock of the week, but my player of the week. I expect Michael Penix to be you know, 350 plus yards in this game. All right. Uh, just fact checking
1: here. Hendon hooker was the 68th overall pick. So he was at the, the very top round. of the third round. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can I just just add that the QB three race in this draft is super fun this year. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's obviously uh, Caleb and Drake, but like that, that next tier, you know, you've got Shador Sanders and Michael Penix Jr. And Bo Nix and Quinn Ewers, like they're all kind of there right now. I have um, Shador Sanders and Michael Penix Jr. As like the top right on that, just barely at the top of that. Uh, but I love Michael Penix Jr. Man. That ball explodes out of his hand. Um, it's just great downfield accuracy. I'd love that guy. I'd love that guy. Yeah.
2: Wow. And anyone who wants to throw JJ McCarthy in that conversation can buzz elf. That's, that's my thing. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of QBs, uh, I'm going to go to
1: Colorado for my player of the game mm. or player of the week prediction. It is Shador Sanders, who uh, I mean, everybody knows who this guy is began his career at Jackson State playing for his dad, right? He transferred to Colorado this year. Last year, he threw for 3,700 yards, 40 touchdowns against only six interceptions with a 70% completion rate. Uh, This year, through two games against TCU in Nebraska, he has averaged 451 yards and three touchdowns per game. He has not thrown an interception, and he's completed 77.5% of his passes. Now they face their in-state rival Colorado State in the Rocky Mountain Showdown, a game that Colorado has won five straight years. Uh Colorado State is 0-1 this season. They are reeling from a loss to Washington State 50 to 24, where they gave up 466 yards through the air and three touchdowns. Shador Sanders is going to light up the Colorado State secondary. That's why he is my player of the week prediction.
0: He's the story of the of the the show. I mean, he of of the first three weeks, Shrador Sanders has been everything uh and more. Um, he's been incredible. You know, everybody knows how great of an athlete he is, but I didn't know how great of a pocket passer he is. Um, you know, his, his ability uh to look, his poise, his comfortability, his ability to make throws on the move, um, facing pressure, like he does it all. Uh he can beat a defense defense on all three levels. Um, and he stepped up again and again and again for the Buffaloes, man. He like like we said on multiple times on these shows. Like it's it's pretty wild that you know Colorado is now must see TV every week. I will be watching every single time Colorado is on the television. So that that's and that Schrader is all because of that. So uh, this guy's incredible. Uh, again, I have him and Penix as my QB three, and he, he's a, a fascinating prospect.
1: All right, so all right, we're gonna go to our next little segment of the show. It is time for Mark's
2: lock of the week, so Mark, from a gambling perspective, who do you like this weekend? Give us your lock of the week. I did already mention the one that I like there with Washington, um, and I also mentioned u n c which I also like a little bit against Minnesota uh, but my favorite bet of the week as of right now, it could change lines move, but I'm looking at Tennessee minus six and a half at Florida. Um, and I just don't think Florida's very good um, to <laughs> open the year. Florida played Utah. They played a Utah team that was missing a lot of guys due to injury, including their star quarterback in cam rising. And they showed up and they laid an egg against a lot of backups and a backup quarterback in Utah uh, with Bryson Barnes, who did not play all that well. Like Utah gave Florida a ton of chances at least to hang in the game and they didn't do that i think it was 24 11 the final score and utah just controlled the whole game utah the next week went on to lose to baylor who lost the previous week as a 30 point favorite to texas state it's not you can't always do the common opponent game and this team lost to this team and they lost to this team so that means they stink but i think in this case I think it means Florida stinks. Um, So it's risky to do. I I always say on my radio show, I like to bet on teams, not bet against teams. Well, I'm going against that. I'm betting against Florida more than I'm betting on Tennessee here. Hopefully I have faith in John. And honestly, what it comes down to, I think Billy Napier is an absolute bozo and a fraud. The Florida head coach. And I think Josh Heupel is a really smart offensive mind. I think when it comes down to the coaching matchup, I think Tennessee just has such an insane advantage over Florida. So I think that'll rear its ugly head this weekend. So I'll ride with Peyton Manning, Josh Heupel, and uh, the Tennessee Volunteers.
0: To be fair, Utah beat Baylor. And- oh,
2: they did end up beating them. Okay, oh, it was a close game. They came yes, back. It was, and- it was a very
0: close game, but Cole Bishop yeah. had the interception that led to the game-winning touchdown. My You're God. right.
2: Thank you for correcting me on that. Yeah, that's bad. That's a bad job by me. All All right. Let's bring it
0: home with
1: our game of the week breakdown. Our game of the week this week is number seven Penn State at Illinois. It is is at noon on Saturday. Dives. My in-laws are planning a cookout for lunch on Saturday. They've got the pool open
0: for the kids. Tell me why I should skip barbecue in the pool to watch this football game. I think Penn State's one of the most fascinating offense defensive teams in college football. Uh, Talking about their offense, they've had a pair of blowout wins against West Virginia and Delaware. Uh, but this offense, man, is led by Drew Aller, uh, a, a, a young sophomore quarterback with a seventy-eight percent completion percentage, uh, which ranks sixth best in the nation. Uh, his passing passing efficiency is sixteenth best. Uh, his uh, pass attempt uh, yards per pass attempt is 21st best um, like we already know this guy is an elite arm talent but I've been so impressed by Drew Aller and his uh, his poise and his decision making inside that pocket uh, and you know that's the quarterback then you get to the running backs and they are as elite as it gets uh, Nicholas Singleton, Catron Allen are just a force to be reckoned with man uh, The two are averaging over 135 yards combined uh, per game. They already have five touchdowns. Add that to the fact that Illinois ranks last in the league in defending the run early on. They give up over 224 yards on the ground per game. Uh, So expect Singleton and Allen uh, to be dominant again on Saturday. Uh, A lot of people consider Nicholas Singleton to be one of the best non-eligible running backs in the country. This was a guy who's a a pure home run threat. He had nine runs of 30 yards or more in 2022. Um, And that's just the offense. (laughs) So, and then you get to the defense, and they are loaded. I'm not talking about 2024. I'm also talking about 2025 uh, with top to bottom, uh, you know, Chop Robinson, Kalen King, Abdul Carter. It goes on and on and on how. Uh, just rich that Penn State defense is. So um, that's what I'm watching. But Illinois has a first round prospect in Johnny Newton that has played really well. He's just arguably the best prospect on a bad Illinois team. That you know its defense kind of got gutted, and they're in a transition year. And um, but Johnny Newton, make sure you watch that guy. Uh, he's got a, he's got his hands full with that rushing attack of Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton.
1: All right, so I'm not
2: sure you swayed
1: me to skip barbecue. Uh, Mark, can you help (laughs) Dives
0: out here?
2: No, I probably can't because I got to be honest. I know I I vouched for this as the game of the week for my Penn State Nittany Lion brethren. I think it's going to be a fun one for the Penn State fans. I I think they're going to get revenge because two years ago, the last time these two teams played, Shane, I know you're not a big college guy, so you might not be aware of this. These two teams played a nine overtime game the last I think time they played. I think I remember that, to be honest. And it wasn't nine overtimes because it was back and forth and they kept scoring. Horrible. They couldn't get a two-point conversion when it became a two-point conversion <laughs> off. They went like six in a row at one point where neither of them converted a, a two-point conversion. By it, the
1: way, can I just say the two-point conversion shootout is the stupidest addition to so college dumb. sports ever.
2: So dumb. Very dumb. Um, so yeah, I I think Penn State has a and by the way, the finish of that nine overtime game, 20 to 18. Didn't hit the over. Legend. It's legendary. Um, but yeah, I I like Penn State in this game. I think the line's somewhere around 14. Um, I, I take that Penn State minus 14. I'll probably end up on the first half, minus seven or eight as well. Illinois just lost so much talent in the draft this year. And when you're Illinois, you're not Penn State. You're not Michigan. You're not Ohio State. You're not able to replace that talent so easily. When you lose Chase Brown, you lose Sidney Brown, you lose Jatavis Martin, and obviously you lose Devin Witherspoon. Like All three of those guys got drafted relatively high at their positions in the NFL draft. That's a lot of guys feeling the way to lose in one year, and that showed last week against Kansas. They ended up losing 34-23. They were down 34-7 in that game like they got blown out by kansas i'm really high on kansas i had a big bet on kansas in that game penn state is a whole lot better than kansas so i i just don't think this is going to go well for illinois
1: yeah it's a little hard to pick a game of the week when there is not a single top 25 matchup so as much as you know we had florida state lsu two weeks ago and we had uh Texas, Alabama last week. There's just not a top tier game. There are a lot of interesting games, though, that you guys can take a look at this weekend. And if nothing else, be sure you check out Minnesota, Washington, and Florida for our Eagles prospects that we profiled. And it was safety Tyler Newbin from Minnesota, Edge Braylon Trice from Washington, and cornerback Jason Marshall Jr. from Florida. Guys, before we get out of here, do you have any final thoughts? Any other college football takes you need to fire off?
2: Notre Dame should not be ranked behind Washington. There's no argument for it. But death to the AP top twenty-five. It's meaningless. Stop writing it. Stop making it. The Associated Press. What are we? The eighteen hundreds? We we need the Associated Press now. Like, get out of my face with, with your stupid, meaningless top twenty-five. That means absolutely nothing, determines nothing. And the college football playoff has shown that it's always a much different rankings when those start in week seven or eight. I forget when it is, but they're never close to the AP top 25. And then all the AP voters are like, oh, I guess we'll vote it the same way as the college football playoff. Like, it's just like, get out of my face.
0: I'll shout out uh, South Carolina at Georgia. Uh, they've got a couple of interesting matchups to watch. Uh, quarterback. Spencer Rattler versus Edge Michael Williams. He's not draft eligible, but he'll probably be a first-rounder in 2025. That's a big one. And then another really fun matchup in Juice Wells Jr., a wide receiver for South Carolina that's very talented. Um, Contested catch guy up against Kamari Lassiter, uh, who's really coming on strong for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Very good defensive back.
1: All right. Well, that is going – to wrap it up for this week, the week 3 preview edition of the BGN Draft Show. Thank you guys for joining us for this episode. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get all the shows on the BGN radio feed. You can check out the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube feed if you want to see our faces and all our pretty graphics. Those are up on their YouTube page. You can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Shane NFL. Dives is at Mr. Crockpot, Mark is at Mark Henry Jr. We will catch you guys next week for another edition of the BGN Draft Show.